Welcome to Psychic Cowgirl Radio with Shannon Lackman. Practical, insightful conversations to empower and inspire you on your personal journey. From her cattle ranch in Alberta, this sassy psychic cowgirl uses her connections to universal energies to guide you to greater awareness and wisdom. morning, everybody. I hope you're having a super stellar day. I am, actually. I'm choosing to, uh, yeah, make that happen. And I have a lunch date, so whoop, whoop. That's awesome. So, yeah, it's been a while since I've done a live show because uh, my world's been bizarre, busy, um, challenging, as well as delightful. Yeah, boundary challenges coming at us. It's been interesting. It's been an adventure. Um, I don't know whether it's um, a good adventure because it's, you know, still dealing with some some of the stuff. Our uh, 4-H group is winding up, so yay, we get to have our year-end party yet, which we're figuring out the details for, which I'm happy our show and sale was really great considering the factors. You know, Alberta's in a rough spot right now. Economy-wise, it's hurting. And so we have to keep that in mind with our expectations of buyers and sponsors. And as far as I'm concerned, it went super, super well. I realize other people don't agree with me in our group, but that's they have to figure that out on their own. I'm just truly grateful that everything did get sold, and, you know, we did it. We still made it happen because it's one of those um, organizations that's struggling to find kids because it's a lot of work. There's a lot of volunteer required by parents, and, you know, people are crusty. As you've been hearing all year, I've been having some challenges with one of my parents they're crusty and they're not behaving in a way that I find acceptable. And I chose to not kick them out, which I was advised to do. And uh, believe me, sometimes I thought, what was I thinking? Why did I make that choice? And it was completely my choice. My husband and I had discussed it, but he would support whatever I chose because I was the one that had to deal with most of it, right? But I didn't want to punish the kids because I think they're fabulous. But the stress. And so, you know, I tried to unpack it as this extreme learning because we do learn when things are uncomfortable. And dealing with people, lots of times it's all uncomfortable. I have to also acknowledge that I've created consciously this pretty amazing life. I kind of live in a bubble sometimes, I feel like, because I'm doing what I want to do, and I'm making it all work, and it's all its various aspects. And when everything gets overwhelming and crunchy, I can walk out and sit in my cow pasture with my cows 
and ground and recharge. <laughs> Walking through them yesterday, and it's like, uh, really? You're not even going to get up? I'll just walk by you and pet you? All right, that's fine. Thanks. But it's it's peaceful and grounding for me, and that's how I recharge. And also my horses, but they've been mad at me lately. <laughs> Because the grass has grown, and I have one horse who's an emotional eater. Well, I love him the most, but don't tell. And uh, I have to um, manage him. <laughs> he needs his hoof held quite often, which I'm you know, delighted by because I like spending time with them. So they're on um, a time limit when they're allowed to be out in the pasture eating grass. The rest of the time they're in a, a pretty much a spa place, so they're not hard done by. They have a crow with a bale and a shed. Uh, the 4-H animals had their shed for quite some time, and they were mad. They were so happy when they got their shed back. I'm pretty sure they didn't leave it for two days. They're just like, yeah, this is ours. Get that cow smell out of here. Horses. I know. They entertain me. And so, yeah. So I've had to, like, not spend quite as much time if I need to be grounded and peaceful because, yeah, they're mad. But they're still adorable, so that's okay. But I've created this space where I can go do that. And I encourage all of you to do the same. Uh, things are not going to get less crunchy. I feel like this is just how it is. I don't know if it's our new normal or we're just in accelerated learning. But, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I, uh, I've created this space and... Amazing, and I feel like some of you have probably done the same, but you need to take those moments to recognize it and to enjoy it. I find that when I'm so caught up in dealing with situations and people and trying to figure stuff out, I forget that I have this space that I can just go lay out in my pasture and recharge my energy because you're so in that pattern of surviving and just getting through and trying to figure it out that you forget to take those self-care moments and go recharge. At least that's what I do. And so I'm encouraging all of you, find that special place. When I'm working with hypnotherapy clients, one of the first things we do is a guided imagery to, for them to find their special place. And it's so amazing. Because of my talents, I kind of get to go there with them a little bit. I'm, I have clear boundaries. I don't impede or, you know, on their energy and where they're at. But I get to, like, kind of feel it and guide them. Because the whole time I do hypnotherapy, I'm anchoring the energy of the person I'm working with, with myself so I can make sure they're safe because I do know how to, how to do this and how this works. Anyways, everybody's special place is slightly different or a lot different, and it's amazing. And so if you can't find a physical place, maybe you live in a very urban area where there's just not that many options because you want to kind of be alone with your special place, then do it through meditation and guided imagery and find that place that you can take yourself to when life gets so hectic. And like if you sit in your living room or your kitchen table, wherever 
your bedroom, wherever it is that you can just have 10 minutes of quiet time and go to your special place and ground your energy. It is so important. And we forget. We get distracted. We get too busy. And that's what happens to me. And so until you have those moments where you can actually do that, because it sharpens your thinking, you're able to get a fresh perspective. Because all of our peopling right now seems intense. Seems intense. It was interesting. So I did a little experiment. So I'm well aware of what gets me on my little soapbox. Unfairness does. Different rules for different people. People that feel entitled and that they're special and they don't have to do as much and they should get maximum benefit. It annoys me because I'm a worker, right? I like to get things done. I like to do them well. So I'm also careful of what I take on because I want to do a good job, and if I can't give it the suitable time and energy, I need to remember to say no. But it does. It gets me on my little soapbox and frustrates me when, when people say things and then do the opposite or they don't walk their talk and you know, I'm careful with it because some of it's none of my business, but some of it is. And I'm well aware that I need to that I work on have to work on keeping my mouth shut because sometimes it's not worth my time or energy. And again, we have to navigate that ourselves. Is it worth speaking up about? Are you willing to accept all the consequences? So I did speak up about something because I'd had enough, and. Maybe I shouldn't have, but I did. Whatever. I feel like I should have because I did have a bit of an agenda. I was really curious as to how many people would support me, and not like, not just like me personally, but support the unfairness of the situation, acknowledge it, and express their, like, yeah, that, that didn't go well, or let's do that differently. I was super curious, super curious. And it was really interesting. So I did it over email because I'm not, there was no place or time, because I don't like, like, I won't shame someone in a group, like a group meeting. I'm not going to bring it up. I'll talk to you one-on-one. Or I'll send an email for a few people, but I'll, I, I never attack. That's not my MO. That's not how I, I do things. And I didn't attack, but I pointed something out and said, here's something. But, and when I'm doing that, I always have a solution to offer. Like, look, you were put in a bad position. This is what happened. How about we try this? Or what does everybody else think? But to be fair, I saw an opportunity and I took it because I'd had enough and maybe I came across as cranky, petty. I'm willing to accept when I did it, I was willing to accept those consequences because actually I had my husband read it and he edited it and said, take that out, take that out. And I'm like, ah, okay. Because I was frustrated with different rules applying to different people. And it's like, this is wrong. And this has been an ongoing issue 
and when you speak up about it, you're the bad guy. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to do it this way because I want to see I want to see how it is because really I wanted to read all the energies. Let's be fair. I did. And so it was so fascinating. The person that, you know, was put in a bad position and maybe didn't make the best choices acknowledged that and said they liked my suggestion and just wanted to got a little defensive, which is fair, fair, because he knew. He knew that he didn't make the right choice. But he did what he did because it's their pattern to do it this way. And, okay, let me just point out that, you know, you could have done things better. And it's also because they edit things. When they get busted, they edit it and try to deflect. And I know that's their pattern because I've experienced it. But I wanted to see how it would be this way because in an email, when everybody reads it, you don't have a chance to defend yourself and say anything to, like, to change the conversation. Okay, I'm maybe not being clear. One of the reasons I like email for this kind of thing is because I can say what I need to say, and I work at it. Like, I make sure it's not me being a jerk. I check in with myself, and I acknowledge that it's part, part ego, of course. When I see unfairness, my little... My ego gets, like, all bristly. But I find that if you're doing it in person, they could give you a sob story, and then you would be like, oh, okay, I understand why. But nothing gets changed because they distract you with you. They're the victim, and you should feel sorry for them. Does that make sense? And so that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this on email, because they can't do that. And when they do do it, because, like, his reply was a little bit of, oh, he was the victim in this situation, kind of. Like, you can read it how you want, right? But I thought it was really fascinating. So he thought my idea was good. Two other people involved thought it was good. And then another guy, which, you know, I'm unpacking this quite a bit here because the ladies thought it was a good idea, and they also had some good points that would help make it better. And then this other man who I don't know him well enough to know, but it, he jumped on me saying that wasn't fair and I was wrong and, like, not in those many words, but pretty much. And I'm like, well, isn't that interesting? Because then my mind goes to, so is it because I'm a woman and I said this? How dare I criticize a man? All you ladies, you know what I'm talking about. And I'm like, okay, I need to leave that. <laughs> I need to not go there with that because I can think it, I can ponder it, I can peruse it. But I have to let that go because I'm not willing to make it an issue and I don't have the energy to make it an issue, but I wondered. Mm-hmm. I wondered. Mm-hmm. And so I knew the consequences of doing that would be the next meeting I would be targeted. And I was, and I'm like, whatever. I, really, anything they brought up that I didn't do right, and it would seem to be aimed more at me than my husband, but we're in this together. I'm just like, yep, I'll make notes in the book. Yep. I'll make notes in the book 
because nobody had a stellar year where they got every job done perfectly. Nobody. But I noticed that ours were brought up more. And I'm like, that's okay. That was the consequence I knew was going to happen with me choosing to point out something that didn't go well. I knew it. And um, there was so many interesting things about it because one of the reasons that that didn't go well was because of a different choice they made. Someone was supposed to do this job and refused. And then they were mad because, you know, a lot of it is they don't want to look bad. So how much of what you do or don't do directly to relates with your concern of what other people will think of you. I mean, this is an ongoing thing. We all work on this. We all struggle with this. You can say, oh, I don't care what other people think, but we all know that's not true, which is good because it's what keeps us honest or keeps us, you know, functioning members of society and not going chaotic and haywire. But you have to, if you choose to, do a deep dive sometimes on yourself of, huh. Now, this particular situation, the individuals involved have a history of different roles for them, and they've gotten away with a lot of shady, shady stuff. And early in the year, we were a target of that shady, shady stuff, and the lies that came out and how they were deflecting and, oh, I didn't know anything about that. That was news to me. But it was all shady, and kids were involved, which that's really, I'm done then. I'm so mad that you, you can't get back from that when you purposely make it uncomfortable for kids. I don't, I hold a grudge, totally do. And I totally acknowledge that part of me holding a grudge is why I did it. And I own that, and I own the consequences. I knew, I knew what they would be. And I, you know, can't complain about it. Well, I can. <laughs> but I also did it knowingly. And I'm, it's okay. Because, you know, at some point you just get tired of it. You just get tired of it. And all their little barbs, actually I had cleared the energy of the group with my awesome energy clearing program before we went to this meeting. And it worked so amazingly. People were bristly, but they were low-key bristly. Because apparently the meeting before, which I didn't make it to because I just didn't have the energy to deal with them. Well, and they changed it, and I didn't even know. Anyways, um, I guess it got ugly. I guess it got ugly, so that could be why it didn't. But when I cleared the energy, there was a lot of negative, sticky, gross stuff. Like it was a high number. And I'm really glad I did it. But it's, it's interesting because when you notice somebody else reacting in a certain way and you can like, oh, they're very defensive. Oh, they don't like to be called out on their stuff. Huh, look at how they're kind of attacking me. Yes, it's them doing it. But you can also take that noticing and apply it to where you do that, because we do. We do. And so that's, you know, I found it so fascinating. 
and um, yeah, huge learning, huge learning. And I don't think people always realize the consequences of their actions. I'm pretty sure they thought that getting what they wanted, even though it was totally in a horrible way, then everybody would just be, oh, that's okay, that's how it is. And it didn't go that way. There was huge consequences that they didn't anticipate, I'm sure, because they all, they seemed surprised. So we made choices that were different than usual, and we totally focused on what was best for us and my group of kids that I lead, rather than maybe the group, but not to an extreme way. Basically, we just didn't help as much. We focused on helping our kids, and we didn't go and help well, I couldn't because I was busy with my jobs, but my husband usually helps organize other kids, and he just didn't have it in him. I mean, part of it is we're exhausted because of all the circumstances in our world, but part of it is making a choice to, you know, I just I need to do something differently because it's causing me too much stress, and nobody's recognizing or saying thank you necessarily for going above and beyond in this point. And so I need to decide, is it worth it to me? Sometimes all you want is a thank you and an acknowledgement. But when, you know, it doesn't happen and you get attacked and treated poorly, of course you're going to make different decisions, right? But take that in your own life and look at where you've done that and it didn't work out the way you thought it would and you have to deal with the consequences and they suck, don't they? <laughs> they do. They do. But you have to deal with them because it's part of your soul growth, part of your learning. And, you know, it is what it is. And it's not going to get less sticky. It's not. With coworkers, people you do group things with, like all of the energies are sticky and messy and, you know, that whole find your tribe. Okay, find your tribe, but don't be surprised if your tribe blows up and you have to make adjustments. There's so much going on energetically at any one time and people are struggling with it because they're tried and true patterns of, oh, well, I'll just hee, hee, hee and get away with it are no longer working. It's not working. Other people are tired of other people getting a free ride, so to speak, and they're not handling it well. But the good news is when you know who you are and you know what you're willing to put up with and not put up with, when you're confident and firm in your boundaries, and don't think that it's easy, and don't think that it's a one, one time and then I'm good for the rest of it. It's an ongoing process, ongoing. Almost every day something comes up, and I'm by myself a lot of the time with my cows and horses, but I'm connected via email, phone, text, and situations come up that I have to help people with. And, like, it doesn't matter if you hide away. I guess, maybe. 
Maybe if you hid away from the world with no Internet, no form of connection, and were right by yourself, it's the only way you avoid this. But you know what? Someone would probably go hiking and find you if you were in the woods. It would find a way to find you, this energy, because it's part of your learning. So instead of avoiding it or dismissing it, I encourage you to get yourself some tools to handle it. Every time we do handle it, though, our confidence gets stronger. We get to, you know, have that firmness, that grounding, and good things do happen because it's not all bad. I find that sometimes you get rewarded, and it's quite delightful. Acknowledge those, so don't forget to, to acknowledge and not dismiss. Sometimes it's a challenge to do that, though. It for sure is, because all the things that you worry and stress about definitely take way more energy than being joyful and happy. At least it does in my world. So, yeah, craziness, craziness. And then, like, I don't know, so strange things will happen. So this 4-H thing from my club, the individuals that are just being, yeah, they're causing so much havoc, and um, everybody told me to cut them loose, and I chose not to. Again, sometimes I thought I was crazy. Some interesting things are happening. So there's certain requirements to finish your year, and there they didn't. Now, I'm pretty sure as leader I get to decide whether it's okay or not. I need to verify that because I'm not going to, you know, just let it slide because it might be easier and then find out later that I'm in trouble for it, right? <clears throat> I don't know. I have to check on that. But the thing is, I struggle with it because, again, I don't I, – I like kids, but I don't think it's fair that other kids have done so much more and then these – even though it's not their fault, it is all on the parents, but then they get to slide through. And what am I teaching other kids in my club? See how I, I make it completely complicated too. Sure do. Because then I'm like, well, what am I teaching other kids in my club? What am I teaching my kids? Like, what, would I regret that? Like, am I supposed to just take a stand on this so that, you know, they learn their lesson or I learn a lesson? Like, oh, my gosh. And don't we do that, though? We go down this whole spiral of energies of second-guessing, questioning, making it way more complicated. Now, to be fair to myself, I have no idea what I'm going to do. Um, part of me is, like, happy that I have that power, being that they've caused me so much stress over the last few months. Part of me is upset that I have that power because I'm not sure what I want to do with it or what the right thing to do is because it's not black and white and the right thing for the kids the right thing for you know they've badmouthed us hard they've you know badmouthed the program badmouthed the the interclub that we belong to to make a show and sale like they've spoken so negatively about all of it but this is probably not a good place for them. 
but I don't want that to be my decision. But it kind of is, and I don't like being put in that position because I have to sort through, you know, ego and hurt feelings and fairness and all these things, right? And I could make it terribly complicated or I could just not. Um, I am going to say no if they wish to join our club again because I just don't think it's a good fit for them. They've assured me they're not, so it shouldn't even be an issue. But you never know, right? You never know with people. And I don't love that either. And so I have to take – so this is a great example, though, of I like have to unpack how I feel about it, all the pieces to it, take a step back – and then say, okay, okay, what goal do I want here? What are all the possible outcomes? And what is in the best interest of my club and myself due to stress? And then go from there. But the good news is I do have um, people that I can ask for advice. And so that is what actually I'm going to do later today and see if I can't sort through some of this energies and then make a decision. I don't actually have to make one to like August or October, but I also don't like things energetically hanging over my head. All of you that are empaths, you know what I mean. Something will stick to you until you make a decision about it. <laughs> and sometimes you have to vocalize or write it or just get it out or else it's like gnawing and it like pokes at you and asks for attention, and yeah. And you need to distract yourself. The other day I totally distracted myself with Twitter. I haven't been on Twitter much. I used to, and I totally distracted myself with looking up Twitter people I used to, like, converse with and stuff, and I lost, like, two hours. And they're not on Twitter much anymore either. I thought that was interesting. I know. I was totally procrastinating and distracting myself from dealing with some issues totally was yep that's what I did <laughs> probably be more productive if I went and spent it with my cows but you know it was raining you know decided not to you know <laughs> oh goodness don't forget to celebrate all your victories smile try to smile try to find the humor in situations you know when this is all over, I'll be like, you know, I survived it. <laughs> I got through. Mm-hmm. I did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our world is so weird, hey? So weird. But we got this. We do. Even when it doesn't feel like it, Right. Just find those ways to, like, get your energy cleared, to reset your energy so that you can think and ponder and make decisions from a space that's clear and own your stuff, right? We're human. We have our egos. We have our insecurities. It's just how it is. It's part of this whole experience. And know your patterns. So I grew up with two brothers and a father, two older brothers and a father. 
who um, they were very very chauvinistic. My mom and I were like the women that were less important, and basically told and made very clear that we should cater to them. Well, and those of you that know me know that that didn't go well. I was always fighting it and feisty about it, like, no. So when I was in junior high, I convinced my friends to take outdoor ed with me because my brothers had taken it, and their certificates were displayed proudly on the wall. And I'm like, oh, nice. You know, I'm like five years younger than, four, four or five years younger than my my um, oldest brother and then four years younger than my other brother. Anyways, so I was quite a bit younger than them, and these certificates were displayed proudly. And I'm like, oh, great. Yeah, mine will go up there too. And they all laughed at me. Well, that's not for girls. Excuse me? So I convinced my friends to take it with me. And even the teacher was kind of snotty to me about, like, it's not for girls. And I'm like, girls can do anything boys can do. What are you talking about? And so I got my point across because I got a better mark than they did, of course, because I was motivated, very motivated. And so I know for myself that if a man tells me I can't do something, it's the best motivation ever. I'm like, excuse me? So... I know I bring that energy. (laughs) I know it. And so when I have an issue with someone of the male persuasion, I have to always check in with myself. Yep. Is it really that big of a problem? Or are you just, you know, in this pattern of, what do you mean, no? Yep, my husband learns not to say that to me yet. If he wants me to do something with him, yeah, the way he approaches it. And it, he's learned it's, it works. And so um, when I have to have a challenging conversation, like I have had to with some teachers of the male persuasion, and um, I realize it's my energy that I bring to the room because as far as I'm concerned, we're equal. And they don't feel that way. I don't find the female teachers give me that energy, but the men do. And not all of them, not all of them. And so one of my patterns is to point out what needs fixing and do it in a way that gets results, and it's just an ongoing thing. And now I could look at it as, why is this always happening to me, and take a victim mentality. But it's happening to me because I can do something about it. So look at your life. What is a repeating pattern? And it might not be because you haven't learned from it. It might be because you need to be the one, because you can, to fix it or to change it or to plant seeds so maybe they treat other people differently. I'm aware that I'm a strong personality and a good communicator. I can. I could probably use that for the bad if I wanted to, but I try not to. (laughs) Hating human. And so I have to have boundaries for my own self. 
on being clear on what I'm up to, right? We have to, you know, it's, it's complicated. It's complicated on um, dealing with people. And know yourself. Okay, I just, see, it's been a while since I did a live show. I'm having so much fun. I forgot to look at the clock because we do want to do a guided imagery. So what we're going to do today is, dun, dun, dun. We're going to do the third eye journey. We're going to connect you with your intuition. If you've been feeling disconnected or out of sorts about it, or you feel that it's not clear to you because you're dealing with a lot of stuff, we're just going to do a reconnection just so that you have some clarity on when it is your intuition and when it's your ego. Make sense? All right. So get comfortable. And just shake off all your energy. Let's practice our breathing. Just become aware of your breathing. Just notice it for a few moments. And take those moments to appreciate your breath. And then just being aware of your breath. And then you're going to take three big, deep breaths, deeply as you can. Breathe in all the good stuff and release and let go all the negative stuff. Just going to let you go ahead and take those three big, deep breaths. As your own natural, normal breathing begins to occur, let's allow the sense of imagining a gentle, warm, balmy breeze as it wafts around your body, around your head, neck, and shoulders. And as with every breath, as the breeze continues, to move gently around your body, you gently and easily just begin to release and let go, becoming more and more comfortable with every breath across your upper back, circling around through your chest, a warm and nurturing feeling as the breeze continues. Enjoying, gently breathing in and letting go. 
every breath just taking you deeper and deeper. Just releasing and letting go. Every part of your body is relaxing, being in this moment. This breeze just continues circling around through your mid-back, through your solar plexus, just taking you deeper, gently relaxing. You got this. It's becoming more and more comfortable with every breath. As this breeze continues moving around your body, every cell is relaxed. In this moment, just breathing and relaxing, thoroughly comfortable, calm and at ease. I'm going to count from five to zero, and you're going to be deeply, deeply relaxed with each count. Five, four, three, two. One, zero. Deeply, deeply, deeply relax. And now we're going to let the door of your imagination open. And there remains relaxation and comfort all around. It is sometimes easier to experience the third eye as right there. All of the senses come into a higher frequency and to know within lifts up. It is for you to know within, sometimes called a voice for you to hear, sometimes an eye for you to see, sometimes just an inner knowing that feels solid and grounded. But you always know about something more. You always know something beyond. You always know something within that is bringing forth information as to what is just the right way for you to go. To foster it is to pay attention to it. To connect to listen, to know when intuition is talking. It's not always clear, yet the directive is to keep listening, keep connecting, keep tuning in, keep attending to it, keep practicing. Keep practicing connecting, whether it's through visual, auditory, sentience, getting pictures and movies, hearing that gentle little voice or overhearing conversations to give you messages, or inner knowing, just know what is right. Foster all of that energy. Pay attention to it. 
Do the steps to figure out which is your strongest. And practice, practice, practice. You got this. Each and every time you follow it, you appreciate it. Just simply appreciate that it gave the direction that seemed right and you followed it. So then, how to trust it. How to trust it and know to follow it and follow it no matter what. When to open the deepest door. When to become so quiet that the only thing that could be heard or seen or known is that which dwells in the third eye. The knowing within wants attention. It wants to be seen. It wants to be heard. It wants to be known. And when it gets that, it becomes even more forthcoming. And then it can be trusted again and again and for always and forever and you take the leap. So in your mind's eye, right now, the knowing within, dwell there for just a little while. Listen and come to hear, come to see, or come to know what's important for you right this moment. I'm going to give you a few minutes to do just that. Notice what you notice, feel what you feel, hear what you hear, see what you see.
yourself a few more minutes in there, or actually seconds. What is that thing? It's important for you to know and hear right now. Is there anything else to be added to that? Feel what you're feeling, knowing you can return to this anytime. With more practice, strengthening of this takes place, and the full trust occurs for intuition to grow and develop in a very positive way. I'm just going to give you a couple more seconds in this energy. So bring back the positives from this journey as we come up and out now, reinforcing the third eye energy and the knowing that comes with it, strengthening, reinforcing, understanding your personal knowing within, how to access it, how to connect to it. And now at zero and at one, two, three, four, five. Eyes open wide awake. Say your first name out loud. Eyes open wide awake. Say your first name out loud. How did it feel connecting with your intuition? From the many years of clients, I know that that's the big one. They all want to know how to connect, and we do know how. We just may not either realize it or trust it. Trust is a huge thing. But I encourage you to practice it. and Make sure, again, that you're finding those, that time to ground yourself, either by being in a special place you can be physically or doing it in a guided meditation it will help you navigate this crazy world. So I'm going to send you all a hug. And as far as I know, I will be back with a live show next week. But hey, it's so we have to be flexible right now, don't we? Because things change, plans happen. But uh, we, we got this. We got this. It may not be what we think it's going to be, but we will be okay. I'm sure of that. So again, sending you all a hug and a blessing from Reverend Shannon. And um, have a great rest of the week. You have been listening to Psychic Cowgirl Radio with Shannon Lackman. Practical, insightful conversations to empower you on your personal journey. To connect with Shannon directly, visit psychiccowgirl.com that's p-s-y-c-h-i-c-c-o-w-g-i-r-l dot com